0: Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest Podcast. A podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter.
1: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. <clears throat> welcome to Prodigal and the Priest. A podcast about faith sports friends and today is our episode where we ask some questions or answer some questions that you all have been asking us so welcome to the podcast so i guess technically it's prodigal priest and me so um but i first i have a question for you to start off surprise you with are you
0: ready for the football
1: Yeah, so it's not Monday, but it's not Monday, but hey, I found the drop. Okay, <laughs> so um, tonight we record the day before these podcasts are released on Spotify and you know Apple and all those streaming services. Um, tonight, NFL's back. Yes, it is Texans versus Chiefs. the Chiefs. So here's my question: Start off the show about questions. You got a call it right now. Who's playing in the Super Bowl and who wins?
0: Oh dang! Okay, Cowboys.
1: <laughs> you are such a homer. Cowboys what do you versus me who? Though. So, uh, I don't really know. You okay? It's a question. <laughs> you have to put out something that later on in the year, when you say this and they don't make the playoffs, I can replay this clip and be like, "Oh, uh, okay." You know. Oh yeah, remember when you called for the Cowboys? And the, or if they did make it and win, then I bring back the clip and be like, hey, remember when you predicted the Super Bowl? So I'll go first while you think. Yeah. I think it's gonna be the Saints versus the Ravens. Ooh. Okay. And I think um I think Drew Brees gets one more. I think the Saints win it and I think he retires. Dang.
0: Okay, that's bold. It's bold prediction. Right. I think, I don't know. Who do I think? I think the Patriots under Cam Newton are going to drive their way. That would be remarkable. (laughs) That would be remarkable.
1: You think they get past the Ravens and the Chiefs?
0: I think with Bill Belichick, anything is possible. I'm not saying I want it to happen.
1: So you're calling for uh, (laughs) Patriots versus Tampa Bay. (laughs) in the super bowl that That would would, be entertaining oh my gosh that would be amazing that would be amazing but so you're you're saying patriots versus cowboys cowboys Cowboys
0: and cowboys take it yeah
1: okay not as yeah
0: not as bold as your prediction
1: (laughs) i mean it's a homer prediction for you but kind of right i mean
0: it, yes, it is, but it's not like saying the Rangers are going to take it all in the World Series this year. Like, True, there's like a little the Cal- bit more behind yes, it. Yeah, they are they're Cal- more desperate. They're more all in. Yeah, they're also very like
1: Projected. I mean, they're the number one team in the NFC East, and I'm a mm-hmm. diehard Eagles fan. Like, and yeah. I just know that the reality of injuries and the reality of like our team falling, my team falling apart before <laughs> well. like this season has even well, apparently begun, so. like
0: catastrophic injuries to the eagles don't really affect their ability to beat the cowboys in important <laughs> games
1: <laughs> hence last year yeah, where no one from last the season <laughs> nfce should have been allowed in the playoffs anyway a bunch of people that hate sports are like all right ask the question so ask, we want to hear about faith questions right faith or just life or any of that so hey let's start with an easy one two questions what did you guys want to be when you're growing up and what would your dream job be now if you weren't a priest or youth minister? So growing up, I wanted to be a fireman. I wanted to be a fireman and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could say like, I want to be a major league baseball player, but Mm -hmm. I actually thought I would be a fireman. So, um, and then if I wasn't a youth minister, like practically, or like in my, like, I, is this like dream job or is this like, I don't know. Cause I'm like, I I would probably love to be on the radio or a broadcaster or it like involves some way in sports. I'll just be completely honest. Like I, I I think after God, my family (laughs) sports is right there. And so, (laughs) um, not that it should be, (laughs) but it (laughs) is. (laughs) And yeah, that's yeah. Mm. In some capacity. You? Mm. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little kid?
0: Uh, well, I wanted to be an astronaut. Oh, that's cool. So, you know, one of the classic categories. Mm-hmm. Um, I have always loved space. I've kind of drifted away from it a little bit.
1: Drifted? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? Into space?
0: Um, but I still think there would be something really cool. Yes.
1: It's just like... That's ambiotic. from Star
0: Trek, uh, Star Star Wars, right? Something. I, don't I know. messed up my my disc. I just, have a, on I star just have
1: a like a <laughs> star. Like it just says space effects. <laughs> I, I don't know it. Star
0: Trek at all, but I think that's from Star there Trek. There you go. And I was trying to hate on it and say it was from Star Wars. But mm. Messed it up in spite of myself. There you
1: go. So. <laughs> If you're watching on YouTube, your camera just fell off. Our camera rocketed off the stage. Talking about about space. Father Paul's going to continue why I fixed the camera.
0: (laughs) That was pretty amazing. (laughs) Okay, so and we're back. I did. uh, I did really love space. I also had the sports dream of I want to be a pro golfer. That was never something that was actually realistic. except maybe if i had really committed myself i could have like gotten to like club pro level or been involved in the golf world but not the kind of like you know even uh, even the the minor tours of golf but if if i wasn't a priest right now um i don't know i think there's still something really cool about being involved in space <laughs> um So like working for NASA in some capacity or even like SpaceX or something. uh, One of these other Mm. other ones. Nice. um, Cool. Yeah. That's great. Or going to work for the Chinese government and their space program. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. kidding. (laughs) No. Just kidding. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great
1: question. We loved it. Um, So I'm going to bring up one that's a little bit more intense. It, It comes in two aspects, two different people um, Jesse, Andrew asked kind of um, similar questions about giving money to somebody on the street who is, um, you know, begging for money, asking for money. Um, Jesse asks about this. Andrew asks about this. It says, Why, uh, uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on the expectation when it comes to interacting with homeless. Obviously not a huge, um, you know, controversy in Coppell. But but since our audience is worldwide, yes, it is, Andrew. Yes, it is. Um, He lived in Austin where there's a lot of homeless. And he knows like in Matthew 25, 35 through 36, it talks about loving your neighbor. But what is the expectation in the modern world? You know, he gives a lot of awesome points and excellent things, but pretty much at the end says, you know, like, I don't know, what what are your thoughts on when you encounter somebody who is homeless and asking for money. Um, You know, I think there's personal thoughts on it. I think there's principles of the church, like the church, like Jesus, I mean, when in, in the gospel stories, like the people who were in similar situations, I feel like he directly like went gazed into their eyes, like, cared for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this is a passionate subject and a lot of people have strong opinions on it. It's like, well, you don't give money because then it just continues that issue mm-hmm. or what, it, what if, uh, the person doesn't use it to buy food or they do. Um, I was convicted one time when I heard a homily on this actually, um, which is like the only time in my life I ever have, but when I've um, reached, Uh, I don't know if I I heard, I was like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was going to say, I don't know who it was, um, but I wish I could give them credit. But they talked about the comparison. And I I know this Mm -hmm. falls short, but it's stuck with me, and it's just kind of penetrated my heart to say. Are we really going to judge somebody who gives $5 to somebody begging on the street when God pours and gives us so much? Mm Mm-hmm we like squander it. Like God doesn't say, Hey Joey, I'm going to give you all this. Like, but like I'm watching you, you know, I'm making sure you're going to follow through and you're going to do with it. What I like expect. Like he freely gives that grace and like, not who am I to judge? Like, yes, I'm not, I, I I don't want somebody to go buy drugs with that money. Mm -hmm. There's like, there is free will and free choice. And I don't know. I, I feel like those two things correspond to me to say, like, are we really going to like, you know what I'm trying to say? Does mm-hmm. that make any sense? Yeah. No, it's good.
0: Um, It is good. And uh, if you hadn't said both of those things, I would have brought them up, too.
1: Yeah, So you're copying me. Yeah. But I will say this. I, had the idea I first. never... Uh, hopefully my mom's not listening to this episode because she always <clears throat> instilled in us to have like emergency like dollars in our yeah. in our wallet. I don't have any cash on me. So that's not usually the ability. But what I will do a lot of times when I'm at a stoplight and there is somebody, if I do have food, I'll offer some food mm-hmm. or or drink or something like that. And there's other times I just say, Hey man, I have nothing. <clears throat> Can I pray for you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um because Like, there was an article I was reading in preparation for this about, um, you know, Pope Francis was writing about it, and obviously he's very passionate about the poor, but he talked about, um, the Pope pope explained, like, do we even greet people who are on the streets with a hello, how are you, acknowledge their humanity, ask what they need, serve their deeper yearnings with more than just spare change? Mm -hmm. So, toss it to you.
0: Yeah, there are so many things to say on this, and it's hard to, to know where to start exactly. And I'm definitely not going to cover the whole picture, so it's going to feel incomplete. But um, here's a couple thoughts. First, um, so this week on Wednesday, uh, we had the Feast of St. Peter Claver. And St. Peter Claver was from Catalonia. And he went to Colombia. This was back in the 1600s, um, and or late 15, early 1600s. And he was he made himself a slave to the slaves. Um, so he was serving the poorest of the poor, people who were involved in the slave trade. Right. And he said, and he proved through his actions, he's like, what I want to give them is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I have to start with, <laughs> with showing love through action, just by giving them food and medicine, and like they've made this, this horrible slave trade voyage from West Africa to Colombia, and like a third of the people on board have died. Like they got like ten thousand uh, slaves every year mm. um, into that port. Like it was a, a truly horrific situation, and so he was serving in that area, and I think that that's an important principle for us because what we want to give, right? Um, we want to be instruments of communicating this gift of grace, uh, eternal life. We know that's the greatest gift. Right. Um, we want to be like uh, Peter and John in Acts of the Apostles at the beautiful gate of the temple. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Right? We know that that's, that that's more important. But sometimes you can't give that <laughs> without starting with just the basic necessities. Of food and water and medicine and just human interaction. Yeah. Um, so I know that that's a difficulty I've struggled with. Uh, an- another an- this is just gonna be like a you know a couple thoughts. Yeah. Um, going through Rome, I would see the same beggars every day most of the time. I can't remember if I've talked about that before on the podcast. Um,
1: I think you but, mentioned it, and also <clears throat> Andrew brought it up. He said Father Paul can relate. There are a lot of gypsies begging you inside the Vatican walls every day, and priests and, and tour yeah. guides will tell you not to give them anything.
0: Yeah, and we would always ask, like the the seminary for guidance. It's exactly the same kind of question here, like, what do I do? You've got this two sides. Like God has given everything to me so freely even though i misuse it all the time so shouldn't i give freely but then you start going down this track of like but if i do am i enabling or i don't make that much money as a seminarian like you know it's gonna run out and you start running down these things and i found that for me that was that was a really helpful moment of self-knowledge and of growth that i was Mm -hmm. trying to get out of this (laughs) some way um and i would i would say like you know i don't really carry money with me except to like bigger bills and stuff like that you need to carry cash in rome um unlike <laughs> here but i didn't like to carry change around and i was using that as an excuse with myself and that's like just just carry change like it's not going to affect my livelihood right um right to give them change when i feel like it's appropriate so it's so it's good to have some right um <clears throat> The thing about, and, and that, that can be true. Like if you you change the details, that can be true here in the United States as well, right? Like I don't have anything to give them when I come up on the street, but I do feel like I should give something. Well, start carrying some Nutrigrain bars or something. Is that a throwback? Do they even have those anymore?
1: I think they <laughs> do have them, but um, yeah, there's kits. Like there's, yeah. I mean, I mean, there are. Like that can you know, be a yeah. really
0: good exercise for you. Um, oh listener uh to like to like think okay what am i comfortable giving them and right. let me actually prepare some so that i'm ready so i don't have that sort of convenient excuse uh to get away from something that i feel uncomfortable doing right um
1: yeah like people I, have packs like they'll yeah. they'll keep in their car whether called homeless packs or shelter packs or whatever the correct term is that some have like you know, body wash and deodorant and a nutri yeah. bar and, you know, think just of something like, useful. Yeah. Like, like, and keep like 15 or like, it could be a family activity to pack these up and know, like, I don't want my kids clothes. being like, here's what do you do when you get to a stoplight and you see somebody asking for money is you look down so you don't make eye contact. Yeah. Like I, I feel you're taught one way or the another, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. sorry. I cut you off. So, uh, two more things I
0: can think of right now. Um, First is, yes, it's true that they'll tell you not to give money to the beggars in Rome. Um, and even religious orders will do that. But that's because those religious orders are the ones who are set up, like the missionaries of charity, Mother Teresa's order. They've got mm. a strong presence in Rome. Right. Um, and so they'll say, like, they'll say, like, we are set up to actually help them. Um and so if you ask them, they'd probably say like, you know, don't feel obligated to give money or something like that. But on a personal level, I, I think it's, I, I know it's been important for me and it, it's been like overcoming several hurdles of being kind of yeah. uncomfortable in the situation to like sometimes give them change for a coffee, sometimes go buy them a coffee, sometimes go buy a sandwich. I've gone into the grocery store in Rome before and bought like a full load of groceries um, and to kind of run the gamut of like different ways to give, um, yeah. has been important for me. And then like, there are some people I know that drink a box of wine every morning and like, I'll smile at them. <laughs> um, but that particular guy never really asked me for money. Um, mm. it's just, it, it's, it's hard when you frame it in terms of what am I obliged to do? It's hard to know exactly. We do have an obligation in charity to our neighbor. Saint Paul said it in our in our second reading last weekend: "Owe right. nothing to each other except to love one another." Right. Um, and uh, and like, we have the
1: corporal works of mercy. Yeah, you know.
0: <laughs> right. But framing it as like, "What do I have to do?" I think is less helpful than what is like grace moving me to do right now.
1: What's the opportunity you have set before
0: you? Yeah. And then, so the last thing is, I know that these are just kind of scattered thoughts, but I think that's how you have to approach something like this. The last thing is, like, it is really important to try and have a human encounter. Um, and on the one hand, not to give things in order to avoid having an uncomfortable human encounter, but on the other hand, like, it... When people live on the street like that, however they got there um, and why ever they remain there, why ever, um, <laughs> it dehumanizes them. And when you have to, when you spend your, you know, your whole day and your whole week and years just asking people for money and being turned down, it does dehumanize you in a way. And so I found in Rome, right. I wanted to, you know, have real conversations with people on the street. Um, and it was so hard yeah, because they, as soon as you started talking, they were like, okay, well, this person's going to give me money. And then you're like, no, I don't want to give money. I just want to talk. And then they would get mad. Um, or there was sort of like, you know, I'm not sure if we're really communicating at all right now. There's one guy in particular, two in Rome I can think of that I would pass daily, where it's like I would engage them regularly. And I maybe had like two real conversations over seven years. Right. Um, But I think it's worth trying because, like, that's a way to give sort of the gift of restoring humanity. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Even if people uh, don't react well to it. Right. And, or, or even if it seems ineffective, I right. think like that is a very important gift. Um, providing for their needs is extremely important too. I don't know if I don't think it's really an either or, but doing so in such a way that you're trying to have a human interaction with people, yeah, um, it might really surprise you and be really formative for you, or it might feel like you got nowhere but trying is so important because you don't know the effect like that act of kindness or that smile might've actually had on somebody. Right. Um,
1: you know, three of the most profound things I did when I was at Franciscan university was, um, go and pray and be a sidewalk counselor outside an abortion clinic. Yeah. Second is I was, I went a, a few times to be part of a ministry called red light ministry, which went down to the district where there was strip clubs and we Mm -hmm. would pray outside it and talk to anybody who came up and ask what we were doing. And the third was, there was a regular ministry (laughs) called homeless ministry where they would go into Pittsburgh and um, under kind of certain areas where a lot of homeless uh, gathered would try to bring meals and just talk. Um, All three taught me one profound thing, which was, Joey, you're not necessarily, like, put in this situation to solve the issue. Yeah. You're called to, like, listen and look upon with compassion and, like, just have each and every one of those people, like, realize, like, they're a son and daughter of God and that they are human and they deserve to Mm -hmm. be interacted like that, you know? Um, And... It just always stuck with me that yeah. like, um, and, I, and I will be honest, since living in Capel I've probably lost some of that compassion, you know, because we don't see it as much. We don't deal with it as much. I don't mm-hmm. drive into Dallas as much, you know, and when I do, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not prepared for this. And I think it's a good reminder and good questions for all of us to say like, yeah, what is our response and what is our question? And also having resources. There is a difference between somebody who, um, like there are chronically poor and then yeah. people who need some help in the moment and right. that difference. And also having resources to point people towards like, mm-hmm. Hey, here's like, here's this organization that deals with this and I'd love to get you connected with that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's a complex, it's a complex question. Yeah. It's probably not a terribly satisfying answer, but yeah. People it's kind hate
1: of, us and we just lost <laughs> listeners. Yeah.
0: No, but it's kind of like, I mean, in grappling with this, and in trying to figure out how to uh, how to exercise charity, like charity is <laughs> um, par excellence, uh, the closest approximation by grace to God's own love uh, dwelling within us, right, impelling us to do the same things that Christ did—to lay down His life sacrificially, um, to empty ourselves. Like that's that's what that's what we mean by charity. We don't just mean um, you know charity as I give this amount to this charitable organization and then write it off on my taxes or whatever. like I mean charity in the sense of theological love that God himself gives us right. and in trying and it's not always clear how you're supposed to exercise that but if that's where you're coming from, yeah that's that's a pleasing thing. yeah it's a pleasing thing to God.
1: All right, let's jump into a few more. <laughs> also, I have to, the, like I said, Andrew asked this, and also Jesse Anonymous asked this, and um, uh, Jesse asked that question, and then a follow-up said, can, uh, can you start a St. Anne's basketball league? Why or why not? <laughs> what <kind of> question? <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably question. not. I have, like a bunch of things I'm doing at the church, but it is awesome, and, like, I wish we did. We used to, like, have that kind of Thursday me and you basketball league where you broke my nose.
0: Yeah, there was a play the other night. I don't think it was last night. Maybe it was in the Lakers game where, uh, yeah, there was a play that reminded me of that play. Where, where like, like, somebody threw his nose at the elbow of someone else. Get out of here. And fouled him, and then like almost broke his nose. <laughs> um, yeah, you, so, you so we used to that. play basketball. Yeah, uh, we that's should how do our that Friendship again. was forged. Yeah, yeah, we should. I've got that chain net that's barely hanging on. I need to go and uh, go and fix it.
1: I just worry at this age, we're just gonna like tear an Achilles' heel or like yeah. and be like. Oh, I can't say mass because <laughs> I tore my Achilles. destroy I, my back. I tore my bicep and I can't lift up the chalice. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, there's anyway. it, it, very high risk, very uh, yeah, low reward. <laughs> yeah, high risk, low reward. That sounds uh, anyway. about right.
1: All right. Yeah, Ali also. Um, <clears throat> Ali asks, um, fa- <laughs> kind of laugh at this. Okay, Father Paul, how would you know you wanted to become a priest? And then Joey. Why are the comments turned off on YouTube? Is there a way to leave a comment? Um, I'm not laughing at. It's just kind of funny. I feel like sometimes, like I said before, people are like, "Well, I got to be nice to that prodigal guy and toss a question for him." But it's like, but really, the question is, right? Really, the question is, "Hey, Father Paul, how'd you become a priest?" was like, "Hey, Joey, could you do your job better? Could you get the comments on?" I will look into that. I actually didn't even know that they weren't on, so I apologize if they weren't. Yeah, we to hear your comments. Um, and yeah, you sent a great email and she was saying um, that uh, she's I'm, been exploring her faith for a couple no- months now and and we've shed light on many questions she's wow. had. So thank you. And thank you for listening. Um, so, But she wants to know, Father Paul, how'd you know he wanted to become a priest? Yeah.
0: How much time do we have left? <laughs> yeah,
1: you okay. got about a minute. You got 90 seconds. You're on the clock. Okay, on the clock, 90 seconds.
0: Do you have like a Jeopardy theme or anything?
1: I probably do. I'll okay. find it. It'll take you, you 90
0: seconds to get there. Um,
1: oh, oh, mic drop. Okay. Okay. So
0: go for it. I knew I wanted to be a priest when I, um, I started, I, I had a big like conversion experience, uh, reversion experience. I grew up Catholic when I was in my first year of university, at university of Dallas. I came and came back to the faith after not practicing for a while. And that started me down this path of growing closer and closer to Christ and learning more and more about the church and falling more and more in love with all of it. Uh, I got to the point where I was reading um, The Life of a Saint, and the saint was describing this desire to give themselves totally over to God. Mm. And I think you can hear that, and it might evoke different things from you. It might look different in your imagination what it means to give your life totally over to Christ. But when I heard that, or when I read that, um, and it struck me, the image was, I think God is calling me to be a priest. That's the thought, that's the sort of image I had in my mind of um, this is what it means to give my life totally over to God. And uh, from then on it was fairly clear yeah, took some time to discern exactly what that looked like, whether it was real. Um, but I knew because from that moment on, I had a desire uh, to give my life totally over to Christ. Mm. and that desire led me into the seminary. That's the uh, the short answer.
1: And I knew I wanted to be a priest when I had children. <laughs> <laughs> and my life yeah, became via hard. negativa <laughs> <laughs> alright one one quick one we're going to get it in this is totally a subjective answer there's really nothing behind it it's so subjective what's the best college football program ever I want to end on a football note with college football coming back NFL best best college football program ever Just University got-
0: of Texas at Austin Really? UTA, right? That's what it's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I made that mistake a long time ago. It's just UT. I
1: uh, I probably Alabama. Alabama,
0: yeah. I mean That's really what I was thinking, but I just couldn't bring myself to say it.
1: Yeah. I think a few others rival it, even if it's not present. I mean, of course, Homer being a Notre Dame fan, I would say like okay. I think like the past of Notre Dame or some of those programs like Army, Navy, Notre Dame, when they were like the most relevant programs in the country for so long. And then right now, being in the spotlight, you have the Alabama's, gosh, Clemson's, Clemson's LSU, yeah. Ohio State's, you know, those top yeah, ones. Ohio so um, um,
0: I, I just want to qualify all my answers regarded to, uh, regarding college sports from like now until forever. I know nothing about college sports. <laughs> I blame it on growing up in Bermuda. I have all these yeah. excuses but I know so little about college sports that every answer to me seems kind of like a joke.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so anybody who has questions, direct those to me say, right. Joey, what do you think about this college thing? So well, thank you all for listening to Prodigal and the Priest and me. Make sure to submit those questions online, stanneparish.org slash PTP or prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com. On behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, take care and God bless.